Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I am your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to our show. My name is W.J. Sheehan, author of the series Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters. Nine volumes to date available at Amazon in paperback, ebook, and Kindle formats. And volumes one through eight are in audio format available at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. So please reach out, buy a copy or two, and show your support for what we're doing here. And now, may I introduce you to my brother and co-host, KJ Sheehan. Kev, how are you? I'm doing all right. How about you, Bill? Okay, Kev. And uh, for the listeners, I'm back at the studio. I'm a couple of sessions into recording Volume 9 as an audio book, and I've also begun uh, Volume 10 in paperback, but all these things take quite a bit of time, I can assure you. (laughs) Very cool. Good to be back in the studio, I'm sure. Yeah, it's fun, and uh, I like Bill, too. It's a good time to see him. He's the uh, sound engineer. Uh... Paradiddle Studios in Huntington, New York. So a little shout out for uh, Bill Herman. And uh, it's just kind of good to get back at it, you know. But like I tell the people, this stuff takes a lot of time, folks. And uh, that's why I ask for a show of support. You can't believe how much time and effort goes into creating uh, these projects. And... uh, Anyways, that's it, man. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, we have some beautiful weather here uh, in North Carolina. It's nice and fall day with all of the leaves uh, fully in color. I think this weekend must be the peak weekend, at least where I am in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, it sounds good. I got the same here. It's uh, in the 60s going up to the 70s today. And uh, the guy was saying on the news this morning, I always like to just tip in on the weather. And uh, he said, we're going to break the record is 70 degrees for here this day, and we're going to be in the 70s. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, so, you know, I love it, man. Bring on the Indian summer. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good. I have to say something as we get going here today. You know, I was having a conversation with... Uh, one of our listeners uh, the other day, and 
we got on to the subject of the burial mounds around the United States, and this fella is a uh, Cherokee, and uh, we were talking about the locations of them and uh, who did them, and he was pretty knowledgeable about the mounds, but I, I don't really want to talk about them, but it was in the course of speaking about the mounds that... Uh, we started to talk about the different tribes around the country uh, going way back. And he made an interesting point that uh, a lot of these tribes had no knowledge of each other's existence. Hmm. You know, for instance, Kev, we had like the Iroquois here up in uh, the Northeast. Right. Uh, and the point we were making together was that the Iroquois didn't know, like, the Lakotas or, right. or uh, tribes in uh, northern uh, Canada. And yet they all share in the belief uh, and the speak about the hairy man. Right. So it wasn't like they were sharing superstition or... Uh, I don't know what other word to describe it as other than superstition about certain things. They all had records of the hairy men of the woods. Uh, and of course, in the Pacific Northwest, they had the name Sasquatch. Uh, and what other names may be, I'm uncertain of that. But it's interesting how, uh, to us anyway, in our conversation, it wasn't a shared knowledge that was just passed along around uh, North America. Uh, evidently, they all had experiences with the same creature and a respect for it in different ways. Yeah, I guess if they weren't adjacent to one another or nearly adjacent to one another in terms of their uh, tribal lands, they probably didn't know about one another. Yeah, and that's what we were we were talking about. Did they know? Especially, yeah, I guess especially early on, like later on when things were more a little more organized than that. I assume they got more organized with time, mm -hmm. but that's a big assumption on my part. Uh, perhaps they were always super organized, but I would imagine like they would get together also as like kind of friendly uh, governing bodies, also to talk talk to one another. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, no, we could be totally wrong. Especially Maybe. after the Europeans showed up, right? You know. Yeah, I, 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 I was just saying we could be totally wrong in our presumptiveness. That oh yeah, I, I actually don't know. Yeah, maybe they did take long journeys across the country and meet up with other people and share in their wisdom and understanding, you know, in some way. But uh, anyways, we were just kicking it around, and I said, yeah, you know, it's just another mystery. Uh, to the legend and lore of uh, Bigfoot, uh, I always said, you know, with the totems and whatnot, where you had the face of this obviously some type of giant ape creature or man, uh, why would you have that on a totem pole where you have an eagle and a, a salmon and uh, an elk, all legitimate creatures? You know, why would you just plug this thing in? You know, all flesh and blood creatures. Right, and then you put this mystery creature in there it just doesn't make sense you know <laughs> no so uh anyways let's get on with this show bro cool 
So what are you having a cryptids in the news and other oddities segment today? Yeah, we're going to go down the path of some creepy folklore. Ah. And that includes an account from uh, from the last 20 years as well. Really? Very recent? Uh, yeah, about the same uh, same legend, the same creature. And it's the cool part about this is it's down the road a piece from me here in Raleigh, about three hours and 45 minutes west of me by car. Okay. And the other cool part is I've been there several times, and it is a... Uh, a pretty cool place to visit. Wow. Yeah. So what are we talking about here? We are talking about the demon dog of Valley Crucis. Oh. Wow. So Valley Crucis is, uh, I guess that's a Latin name. but So forgive me, people, if I'm not pronouncing it correctly. My Latin is very weak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. I know, I know. I studied Spanish, hey, um, <clears throat> which has some Latin roots, but, you know, different pronunciation, of course. Uh-huh. But Valley Crucis, again, like I said, is about three hours and 40 minutes or so west of Raleigh. It is, in fact, a valley, and it translates into Valley of the Cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's named that because right in the middle of the valley, two streams meet at a right ang- at a right angle to one another so at 90 degrees to one another and it forms a little water cross right in the middle of the valley well, that's kind of unusual it is unusual and uh, you know if you if you read about uh, Valley Crucis um, there's also Bigfoot sightings there I actually have a sign on my wall here in my office from Valley Crucis with the hairy man on it. <laughs> um, but, but this is probably even more famous uh, from the area of Valley Crucis, and this is the legend of the demon dog. Boy, that's freaking creepy, you know. Yeah, yeah. so this legend goes back to the 1860s initially, where some folks uh, that were living there in Valley Crucis were killed in some form of an animal attack. And um, it carried forward, you know, not as a bear attack or anything like that, but as a giant dog or giant demon dog attack. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You know, and it also, of course, what pops into my mind again, uh, having just done that Nebraska account a couple of weeks ago, that possible dire wolf. Yes. But uh, why not call, I I think I'd call that thing a demon dog if I saw it. Well, yeah, and there's a couple of other things here that lend it to be potentially more of a demon dog. Uh. So (laughs) a lot of these sightings are around a little old church and the graveyard next to the church. Ugh. (laughs) And coincidentally, I didn't know about the demon dog legend of this graveyard, but I actually went to this little church um, that's down this gravel gravel road in Valley Crucis um, because of all things, I was telling one of my friends in California that I was out there in Valley Crucis, and he told me that his grandmother and grandfather actually got married at this little church in Valley Crucis. So we went over there one day while we were there visiting and looked at the church and uh, took some pictures of it and actually were wandering around in the graveyard 
looking to see if his grandparents were buried there. Did you uh, go into church? Is it still functioning? We tried to go into church, but it was locked. Okay. It's a little white church. Uh-huh. You know. I wonder if uh, they're still holding uh, services there. I think so. You know, they had like the little bulletin board outside and stuff like that. Cool. Um, so it was cool. The uh, But I didn't know. Now, we were there in daytime. It was a little foggy, and apparently it's foggy very often down in uh, Valley Crucis. But I probably would have been less adventurous if I knew that that was also the home of this demon dog. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's go look for the puppy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's wander back here. Oh, I hear some growling. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. No, Maybe it's an yeah, injured raccoon. Yeah, yeah. Leave your gun in the car, honey. We won't need it. <laughs> <laughs> so then if you fast forward from the 1860s and uh, to uh, within the last 20 years, uh, a couple of students from Appalachian State University, which is out there in this area. They're actually, App State is in Boone, North Carolina, up the road from Valley Crucis. And uh, these students uh, happen to be there, and I'm going to talk about their account. Wow, okay. All right. Now, what year are we talking about, Kevin? Um, It's just everything I found was basically in the last 20 years or so. Okay. Yeah, so there is this old stone church that they talk about on Highway 94, just on the edge of Alley Crucis. And uh, in this, uh, at this church, there's a big graveyard, and it's a very old graveyard, and the stones are kind of leaning every which way in the graveyard, at least the oldest ones. And these two young men were driving along this road around midnight, uh, it was a super clear night with a nearly uh, full moon, so the valley was kind of glowing, you know, under the moonlight. Absolutely. Sounds, yeah, sounds quite beautiful, right? And as their car turned a corner, passing the old church, the two young men saw a shadow leap out from behind one of the graves and into the road in front of them. Oh, boy. Yeah. We've seen this before. <laughs> the <laughs> leaping shadow. Yes. So they uh, veered on the road uh, to avoid whatever it was. They slammed on the brake, and then they pulled off to the side of this little road, and they were sitting there wondering what the heck they had seen, you know, that what they had seen and what they had almost hit. And they turned around and with their, you know, not didn't turn the car around, but turned around and looked over their shoulders behind them, and uh, they saw what they described as a giant dog. Huh. But the dog was as tall and as wide as a full-grown adult male. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a freaking... Yep. And covered with shiny black fur... And bearing uh, massive yellow teeth. Not exactly what you want to run into in any circumstances. No. And guess what color its eyes were? Bright blue? No, not light blue. Not (laughs) aquamarine. Not maybe a lovely hazel color. I don't know. I'm stumped. (laughs) But a glowing red. Uh Oh, man. 
They described it like something from the very fires of hell. Uh, (laughs) Here we go with the red eyes again, man. There's something to that, I tell you. Yeah, so so get this. So the one young guy says to his friend, do you see that? And his friend says, no, and neither do you. (laughs) Oh, taking the easy road out, huh? (laughs) So they're sitting there, picture this, right, on the side of this dark road with the nearly full moon next to the graveyard. We know the scene, right? Yeah. (laughs) And um, they're looking over their shoulder at this. And uh, this creature then starts to walk toward the car. Boy, oh boy, time to go. Hammer down. Exactly. So that's it. Hammer down. (laughs) Uh, Let's his foot off the brake, slams on the accelerator, roars down this mountain road. And when he looks in the rearview mirror, he realizes this creature is following them. At full speed and keeping up with them. Oh, man. Hey, Mo, you must be hallucinating. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not hallucinating, you numbskull. Keep driving. Yep. Yep. And uh, (laughs) so they said they're they're racing along on this gravel road. Of course, they don't want to have a wreck either and have this thing catch them, right? Um, And they, they get... To this bridge leaving town that that uh, goes across where uh, the streams meet at 90 degrees to one another to, to get the name, right, Valley of the Cross. Okay. And the dog stopped right there oh, from following. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's a really odd thing, Kev, two streams crossing each other at, like, right angles, you know? I know. I've never even heard of such a thing. I know. And maybe, you know, if this thing is some kind of demonic uh, apparition that uh, it, you know, maybe the cross had some meaning to it. Yeah, well, if it is demonic, the cross is definitely uh, a stoppage sign uh, to anything. They don't like that, man. (laughs) And for good reason. And that's why I wear one around my neck. (laughs) Yeah, you and me both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Just in case. Yeah. That's uh, (laughs) a... Hey, demon dog, get a load of this. Yeah. Ah! Whoa, 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 I don't think that's what the demon dog sounds like. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Something more vicious? Maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. The demon dogs, man. No threat. Demon dog of Valley Crucis. I can't even comprehend in my mind encountering something like that. I mean, you want to talk about freaking out. Uh, There is no way you can avoid, uh, you know, your hair standing up and uh, trembling and whatever you want to attach to it. There's no way you can avoid that if you encountered something of that ilk. No, I'm with you. Oh, man, alive, man. Just uh, super creepy. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> there's there's really and when I get into this account here, again, Kevin and I uh, generally don't talk about what either of us are going to do. And this demon dog of Valley Crucis is certainly off the charts uh creepy. Uh and the Account that I have is just like 
as bizarre as all get out, as you'll hear. But I don't want to step on your toes, Kev. Are you... Was that a wrap on the... Uh, I am done with the demon dog of Valley Cruces. Yeah, I'm done with him too, man. But I will probably <laughs> be back out west there doing a little leaf peeping in the coming weeks. Oh, so man. What a... Maybe I'll send some photographs out to our listeners <laughs> yeah. on our website, BigfootTerryInTheWoods.com. <laughs> yeah, that is nasty business, man. Well... As far as nasty business goes, uh, I, as a writer, you know, at this point in my logging of the many events uh, surrounding Bigfoot sightings and encounters, have come to the realization that there is quite simply no end to the high strangeness and bizarre aspects regarding these creatures. And this following account, as it was told to me by Nick D'Angelo, quite honestly takes the cake pertaining to the inconceivable nature of a Bigfoot sighting. And so, without any further delay, may I present to you Nick's sighting as it was relayed to me. In 1983, I was living in eastern Pennsylvania, having recently left my parents' home and taking up renting a small house of my own in the foothills. At the time, I had a girlfriend whose name was Brenda, and she and I would regularly take my trike out into the woods for some fun and relaxation. I had lashed a cassette player to my trike, which served as a little entertainment center for us when we were riding through the woods. Uh, Kev, you're going to love this. On this day, of which I am about to share with you, I had brought along a number of my Led Zeppelin tapes. As we entered the forest, there was a layer of fog engulfing the valley. So here we are, you just had fog in the valley of Las Cruces, they're looking over this valley in Pennsylvania, and there's a layer of fog. Listening to a little misty mountain hop. Yeah, that's freaking weird, right? Uh, <laughs> so there was a layer of fog engulfing the valley, which, which had soon risen above as we rode up the trail. We had gained quite a bit of elevation to the point where we were now looking down on this foggy mass at a height of, say, a thousand feet on the mountain. I had stopped the trike, and we sat there watching the sun rising in the east, with this thick layer of clouds remaining below us. In recollection of the day, the two of us were already experiencing something very ethereal, but that was going to change dramatically over the next passing minutes. For whatever reason, having sat in this location above the cloud for some 15 minutes or so, we decided we were going to travel back down into the fog before it started to dissipate. And that's when things began to get really weird. (laughs) I had just sat on the trike and started it. When, before Brenda had even got on behind me, 
she stopped and said, Check out that fog swirling around down there. Literally, only seconds before she had said that, I myself had been overlooking the very same area she was pointing at, and nothing was going on. But now, there was a swirling wheel of fog turning counterclockwise within this blanket of cloud cover below us in the valley. As we stood there watching, this turning wheel of fog was gaining momentum, while the fog surrounding it was seemingly unaffected by this wheel as it turned. To us, it appeared as though we were getting a bird's eye view of the formation of a tornado, and yet there wasn't so much as a whisper of a breeze in the air. It was dead calm on both the mountain and within the valley below us. We decided to go down and have a look. And as I reached the bottom, now entering the valley, I had stopped momentarily to flip my cassette over, which at the time was the Zoso album. We were positioned directly below this swirling wheel of fog, probably a mistake, folks, sitting right under its outer edge as the song The Battle Forevermore began to play. Kev, I was just talking about that song uh, a few weeks ago. Well, yeah, and that's, by the way, the same album has Misty Mountain Hop on You're it. right. <laughs> yeah. Talk about synchronicity. <laughs> if you have ever heard this song, I would encourage you to give it a listen in order to fully appreciate what I am about to say and the mood which this song was creating for us in that very same moment. This wheel was spinning over our heads, producing a somewhat hypnotic effect, and I had shut the trike off, leaving us with just the music playing in the stillness of the forest. Words cannot suffice to describe what was going through our minds at the time. Speaking for myself, I was somewhere in between total fear and total ecstasy and was really unable to speak or express myself in the moment. The two of us were simply sitting there on the trike, literally in the fog and with the forest below becoming overshadowed Oh, excuse me, in, literally in the fog and in a fog within our own minds, excuse me. The fog within the wheel began to gradually darken to a deep shade of gray, with the forest below becoming overshadowed by this wheel, while at the same time, the fog surrounding the wheel remained totally stable not moving whatsoever. This is really odd. It was utterly surreal and freaky beyond description, and I could feel Brenda squeezing me around the waist ever tighter. It was then that what appeared to be a figure began to form within the center of this wheel. It was large and dark, virtually black in color, the figure, however, was not spinning within the wheel, 
but rather remained stationary as we could now see what were arms, legs, and an entire body taking shape before our eyes. My mouth was hanging open, and neither of us was saying a word as a shaft of fog began to descend and make its way to the ground in what seemed like a matter of seconds. The tube was spinning violently at maybe ten times the speed of the wheel which it was connected to, and yet, as it touched the Earth's surface, not a single piece of debris was being drawn up into it, as in the case of a tornado. It was both violent and yet completely calm at the same time, if you can wrap your mind around that concept. The next thing that happened was so otherworldly that I do not expect anyone living to believe me, and yet this is exactly what we saw. The figure which we had seen developing within the center of the wheel began to lower down within this violent tube of spinning gray fog. But it was not spinning as it did so. It was then that what we were seeing became totally apparent to both of us. It was a Bigfoot, without the shadow of a doubt. The creature was completely still as it was being lowered to the ground as if it was a human in an elevator. Upon reaching the ground, all of the spinning fog that both surrounded it as well as that which had initially initially formed above it stopped. The creature relaxed its shoulders and slowly walked away into the valley, disappearing into the fog as it did so. I don't recall exactly how much time had passed, but I felt as though I had been released from the power of a spell, starting the trike and riding away. Brenda hadn't said a word, and neither did I until we had nearly traveled a mile or so. It was then that she said to me, What just happened to us? This was a question to which I had no answer, and yet I was feeling exactly the same way. It was like the two of us had been held bound, mystified, if you will, lured in by the swirling wheel to the point of being held captive by its unseen powers, being required to witness the descent of this Bigfoot for some unknown reason. It actually took several hours for the two of us to engage in a conversation about the events which had transpired, trying to make some sense of it all, and yet neither of us was able to do so. I haven't seen Brenda in over 35 years. I have no idea where she is or what her life is like at this point in time. Having shared such an amazing event with her so many years ago. What do you make of that, Kev? Wow. Great combination with the demon dog of Valley Crucis. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Uh, you know, what What do you even say? I'm, I'm just speechless. I'm dumbfounded. 
I am dumbfounded. And uh, by the way, though, I, I think it's super cool that I was talking about the Misty Mountain Hop, and then you say it's a Zoso album, and they're listening to Battle of Evermore. Which yeah, and and looking at the mist and the mountain. Exactly. <laughs> Freaking unbelievable. Super cool. Unbelievable, man. One of the best albums of all time, and a super creepy uh, Bigfoot sighting, by the way. <laughs> you know what? It reminded me of that lake encounter up in Northern California where they saw the UFO. Yeah. Remember that when the from a, the, beam? the beam came the, down and they saw a couple of things descending in that tube of light and then something yes. ascending? Yes. And then that uh, it came towards them and everybody started running except for uh, uh, some of the members of the group and they saw what they said was a Bigfoot like frozen in the beam. Yeah. The tractor beam. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just... Uh, Definitely some world class high strangeness. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> very worthy, very worthy of your rendition of the X Files music. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. So, Kev, what do we have in our listener mail today? Oh yeah, we got some good listener mail here. So, uh, Lee. Uh, or Lay, L-E-I-G-H, wrote in with a secondhand account of some black-eyed kids. This is pretty good. So she says, this account comes from an acquaintance of mine that I will call Steve. Steve was a delivery man who worked the second shift, which sometimes ended up going quite late at night. Midnight or even one or two in the morning sometimes. Steve had just dropped off some packages, and it was close to midnight. As he walked back to his truck, there were two teenage boys waiting near his door, (laughs) both wearing jeans and hoodies. He could not see their faces because the light was behind them. Oh, boy. As he approached them, he was wondering why two young boys would be out out so late at night. Okay, I might not be wondering that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, especially in a mostly industrial section of town. Okay, maybe. Uh, as he got near one of the boys, uh, one of the boys said, Can you help us? <laughs> we need to use your cell phone. Yeah, at 2 a.m., The second one said, yes, may we use your cell phone? (laughs) Steve said their voices were very monotone and kind of creepy. (laughs) He told them (laughs) that he didn't have a cell phone on him, which was a lie, and said he needed to get back in his truck and get going as he was on the clock. The taller of the two said, we are lost. Can you please give us a ride home? <laughs> That's when you pull out your samurai sword and shout, <laughs> Banzai! Well, stay, stay with it. Stay with All it right. before you chop anybody <laughs> I know Steve said that he was getting extremely creeped out, especially when one of them 
said, we won't hurt you. We just need a ride home. (laughs) And as he said this, both of them took a step towards Steve. When they did, the dim light from the building behind Steve was now able to light up their faces, and he could see that both kids had completely black eyes. Uh, That's normal, right? Everybody has black eyes. Sure. And Steve said he was extremely creeped out and said, I hate to admit it, but I was getting very scared. <laughs> hey, hey, no reason to hate to admit it, Steve. <laughs> That's a creep fest. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and now, because Steve works in some rather unpleasant neighborhoods, yeah. carrying some very valuable packages, he is actually licensed to carry a gun. Uh-huh. The gun he chose was a Glock 9 which he now pulled out and held by his side, but he did not point it at the kids. Suddenly, their whole demeanor changed completely. Both kids started yelling, Whoa, man, chill out. We're just messing with you. Don't shoot. Ah. It turns out neither of these kids were black-eyed children. They were teenage punks trying to mess with somebody and get a good laugh out of it. Uh, So they must have had some knowledge of the... Oh, yeah. Black-eyed kids scenario. Just Gutsy call by these kids, though. Yeah. Not a smart move. Yeah, imagine if he, uh, you know, look, man, you're just being, you're playing with fire. This guy could have jumped him with a knife or grabbed a bat out of the car. or you know, Anything could have happened in those circumstances. Oh, yeah. And he may be justified, you know, fearing for his own safety, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. I don't know if you're justified to, to do that with uh, some creepy kids talking to you. <laughs> I don't know. But I get it. I don't know, but that's how bad mean. stuff happens, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh. Yeah. But nothing to worry about. We won't hurt you. Yeah. We just want to use your telephone. Yeah. I'm glad it turned out not to be black-eyed kids. Oh, yeah. But he said... When he looked at them, initially it must have been like an illusion that their eyes were well, black. Well, he's out in the dark, too, yeah. right? You know, and then he's he he apparently has heard the stories of the black-eyed children as well. Right. And I might be seeing some black eyes, too, if, I, if they started to ask me, Can I use your telephone? Yeah. <laughs> Can you please give us a ride home? We won't hurt you. Wow, man. We will just eat your brain. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that's a good one, Lee. Thank you so much. Yeah, double whammy on that one. Yeah. So the first e- email was from Lee. The second one is from Liana. Huh. It's uh, the L, uh, L week, apparently. Oh, man. Um, hello, Kevin and Bill. I love your podcast. It makes me feel like I'm sitting around my, with my father-in-law and his friends. For some reason, it's comforting to listen to you guys every week. You guys don't do any anything fancy, but you do the podcast well. I can hear that you're genuine people, and I respect that. I'm sorry to hear about your wife, Bill. I believe I was around a Bigfoot while walking in the woods years ago. Maybe I'm thankful that I didn't see anything. I live in the hills and hollers of Indiana, near the Hoosier National Forest. Anyway, I love the intro of your podcast because it reminds me of Tales from the Crypt. 
my mother made me watch these shows when I was little. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Nice mother. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry, Leanne, but uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Come on, sit down, eat your cereal. And let me put on Tales from the yeah. Crypt and turn the lights yeah. down. Tales from the Crypt, pull the blinds. <laughs> Mommy, it's sunny out. I don't care. Pull the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> and let me turn the AC up so it's rather chilly yeah. and dank yeah. in here. Speaking of chilly, chill. The six-finger oh, hand. Remember that coming, coming out, out of the, the grave or whatever the heck it was? Yeah, come to think of it, you made me watch that when I was a kid. <laughs> Not true. And, and look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Western North Carolina writes in. Maybe he lives out in Valley Crucis. I don't know. Um, he says a new season of Unsolved Mysteries is out on Netflix. The second episode is of the Navajo Nation Reservation sightings. Oh. They had a ranger division set up to investigate Bigfoot sightings. Shout out to Kevin. I live in North Carolina, too, but I'm in the mountains. Love the podcast, guys. I've listened to every episode. Bill, so sorry for your loss. You are in my prayers. Amen to that, Patrick. Ed- yeah, so so Patrick, I have not uh, watched the latest season, so I got to check that out. I was looking for something else to watch last night, so I will... Uh, I will check out the Navajo Nation Reservation sightings. Yeah, that might be a good uh, lead-in to something interesting, Kev. No doubt about it. And uh, I had seen somewhere a number of years ago, uh, you know, the reservations have their own policing. And I was listening to, uh, I don't know if all of them do, this one that I was uh, listening in on, uh, this fella was doing investigations of uh, sightings uh, by people in the reservation. So these things are going on, you know, and it's not... uh, Look, if you're a cop of any kind, right, you have to go in for it with an open mind and do your due diligence. I mean... Oh, yeah. It's what you're supposed to do, you know? Yep, no doubt about it. Any detective, uh, anybody worth their salt has to at least... Try to uncover, if you have the time and the resources, is this guy nuts? Did he see something? Is there any evidence of something there? You know, I mean, you have to go through the process. I agree 100%. Wow. Well, see what you can dig up, Kevin. Maybe we'll have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, Navajo Nation sightings. And that's it this week, Bill. Uh, Good podcast. We had some good... Uh, synchronized creep going on again completely coincidental as we don't share this stuff generally before each podcast i love how that one came together mm-hmm. yeah and, and go ahead yeah go ahead oh no it's all right and folks <laughs> if you have not left us a five-star rating lately on your favorite podcast player please do so those five-star ratings are fantastic for drawing new listeners to the podcast And by having new listeners, uh, more and more listeners every day, we're able to continue to increase the quality of the podcast 
and do our best to maintain a weekly schedule. So thank you very much, folks. And thank you especially for all those uh, written reviews as well with uh, the lovely comments that you've put in. They really uh, charge our batteries up again to hear uh, how we're brightening your days in a creepy fashion. So thank you very much. And close the blinds! <laughs> uh, yeah, and remember, folks, if you've seen something, say something. BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com. Hit the contact button and lay it on us, brother. And by the way, if you should find yourself in Valley Crucis or maybe riding your trike, in the hills and valleys of western Pennsylvania. You better remember one thing, my friend. Always carry more gun than you think you're gonna need. Sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>